ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the reigning, defending, 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 undisputed, universal, heavyweight champion, Wildcat Radio 2.0, bear down, you beautiful people. Welcome back, Wildcat faithful, to the Wildcat Radio 2.0 podcast. My name is Ronnie Stoffel, and I am joined by Mr. Adam Green, recording in the Vivid Seat Studios. Adam, how you doing, man? Good, good. I'm thinking we might have to make this, you know, Wildcat Radio 3.0 because I think since we made it 2.0, things haven't gone too well for the football team. It hasn't been pretty. Uh, the, yeah, two-game losing streak has not been good the two most talented rosters too that we've played up to this point right yeah uh nonetheless four and three and we will get to that in just a moment let's save our thoughts on that uh of course wildcat radio uh 2.0 sal bookman joins uh joins us here at wildcat radio uh a few other housekeeping items you can subscribe to the podcast for free through itunes google play stitcher basically any podcast catcher be sure to follow the podcast as well on social media uh facebook wildcat radio our twitter handle at wildcat radio az also be sure to check Check out our website, sharpcollegefootball.com, the exclusive home of Rob Bowerin's Beta Rank, as well as uh, these podcasts, any written content. Um, Adam, let's go ahead and jump into it, too. Oh, and by the way, of course, the uh, the, the Gronk bobblehead. So yes. if anybody wants to get wrapped up, uh, enter into that raffle. Um, be sure anytime on any social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, you either share or retweet. Uh, you will automatically be uh, you automatically be thrown into the raffle, which will take place on Saturday, November second. Uh, and then, of course, if you do write a review on iTunes, that automatically adds three tickets with your name on it into the raffle. So, so be sure to to do all those promotional activities, um, and you'll you'll have a chance to win. <clears throat> have a chance to win that Gronk bobblehead, the uh, the coveted Gronk bobblehead, of course. Um, Adam, let's go ahead and jump into this here. <clears throat> Not a pretty showing. No. And, you know, I, I, I really don't think we need to spend too much time on the box score. For anybody that didn't have the chance, be sure to go back and listen to the 12-pack uh, radio uh, podcast that happened earlier in the week with Bryant and Rob breaking down the game. Um, Adam, again, not, not really focusing on the box score here. Obviously, 41-14 USC really just laid it on us. I, I think the, the hot narrative right now, though, of course, is Quill Tate versus Grant Gannell. Who deserves the starting job in your mind? Oh, that's such a tough call because just a week ago we, we asked the same question. And I'm like, cool, Tate, right? There was no, not a hesitation yep. in my mind. But then, you know, I've come around to the idea where, honestly, I don't necessarily have a preference for either one. But if the coaching staff, and this is kind of a cop-out answer, but if the coaching staff said they're going with Grant Gannell, I would totally understand. And I still believe when Khalil Tate is right, He's one of the best quarterbacks, if not the most dynamic quarterback in college football. But just what we've seen the last, 
I guess, game and a half, or when he's been on the field since the first half of the Washington game ended until now, he's been a bad quarterback. He's not making the reads he should be. He's running into sacks. He's taking more sacks. He's just not leading scoring drives, and it's just... He's not even a shell of the player he was a couple of years ago. He's a shell of a player who should be at the Pac-12 level the way he's played. Yet, I also understand where two games ago, he was coming off his best passing game of his career. So, if they want to make a change, I'd be on board with it. But I'm not going to be the one leading the charge for it to happen either. So, it should be noted, too, for all our listeners, if you haven't been following this, Kevin Sumlin, in his mind, there is no controversy, right? Uh, the, the starter right, is right. Khalil Tate. He's made that very clear now twice. Um, of course, uh, immediately following the game on Saturday, uh, he addressed the media saying that Khalil Tate is the starter. He doubled down earlier in the week uh, with his press conference back in Tucson. Um, I, 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 I see your point, And you know what? I, I, I think I'm with you as far as like, I, I wouldn't necessarily be mad. Um, but I do think, and, and, and even, even red shirt aside, right. Because I think that that's been kind of the, the secondary narrative to this whole thing with, you know, should, should Grant Cannell be burning the red shirt if Quill Tate's healthy? Um, I, that answer is not too easy, right? It is a bit complicated just based off of the way that Quill Tate's been playing lately. Um, but, but mm-hmm. that aside, um, I, I do agree with Kevin Sumlin saying that, that it should be Quill Tate. And, and I think that uh, it should be Khalil Tate on, on Saturday against Stanford. Granted, he, I, I think he will have a very, very, very short leash, right? If, if, if there is even a whiff of how he played uh, against USC or, or Washington, um, I, I think that that leash, he, he's going to get yanked pretty quick. And I'm totally fine seeing Grant Cannell in there. I, and I think the other thing too, Adam, I mean, in this case here with Stanford being as banged up and, and just not up to par as we expected, uh, you know, to, to David Shaw's standards, this is a very winnable game for Arizona. As a matter of fact, they open as three-point favorites on the road, right? So Vegas has them slotted three-point favorites to go up to Palo Alto, take care of business. And, you know, I, who would have thought that this team would be, would be favored on the road against a non-Oregon State right. team, right? I mean, that, that's just kind of crazy to think about. But, but that's where we are, right? So sitting at four and three, uh, I think this Stanford game, I don't want to say becomes must win, right? Because, you know, we, we, we still have the five games left, one of them being against Oregon State, and six is the magic number in this case. Um, but this this should be a gimme game. And I do think that, you know, I, let, 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 let Tate get out there, hopefully work his way out of this funk. Again, short leash. If it doesn't work out, Grant Cannell is plugged in. What do you think? Where I struggle with that is the short leash is, you're right, Arizona at four and three, they're two wins away from a bowl game. But what... I guess, what are we hoping to see from Khalil Tate other than him looking like a competent Pac-12 quarterback? Because I, is it a matter of Washington has so much talent on defense that they made him look bad? Is it a situation where USC, as injured as they were, had so much talent on defense that they made him look bad? Or has somehow they teams have figured out how to make him look bad? And that's what worries me. And when you say he has a short leash, he should have a short leash, but the team knows that. And he knows that. And he had to figure that was the case in SoCal against USC, and it didn't propel him to be any better to make the checkdowns, to make the hot route reads. So I just wonder where, at some point, he keeps, you know, I'm not, not you specifically, but right, the general. more leash they give him, the, the more chances they give him, how many more chances to win these games are they throwing away? Because you're right, this Stanford game is looks really winnable right now, and that's surprising, I think, to everybody. But it almost becomes a must-win because I think we can, Safely, they should beat Oregon State in homecoming in a couple of weeks, but you need to win one more on top of that to make a bowl game. And 
if maybe they weren't going to win against USC, neither one of us thought they were going to win against USC and they weren't supposed to beat Washington. But if this is a game they're supposed to win, they can't afford to waste any possessions. And that's what it seems like they've been doing with Khalil Tate. Now I would love for him to come out there as a starter and look like the guy he was against Colorado, say for that pick towards the end of the first half. Like we know it's there, but where I just wonder where I'm struggling is, is this the first time teams have blitzed Khalil Tate in his career? Is this the first time he's dealt with pressure because it looks like it? And I know that's not the case. So what's, I just don't understand what's wrong with him, but I do know there is something wrong with him and who knows, maybe it's fixed against Stanford, but I'm just, I'm not optimistic as I used to be. And and I think all of that's totally fair. I mean, I, there's definitely something psychologically wrong. Like I, I don't, think I mean he he might still be somewhat hampered by that hamstring you know I I don't really know he seems almost somewhat awkward you know and and it's not even that you know that's why he's running out of bounds right I mean this is now the second straight game where that's happened he's given up six yards rather than throwing it away he's been doing that all season all season and honestly it goes back to his career as well so I think you know like like years past right seasons past same thing um so I mean all that's boneheaded stuff but it does kind of maybe look like the hamstring a little bit but that is I don't think I don't think that that is really what's going on here. That's not the root cause of what's happening here. It's definitely psychological. So he was hurt last year, and he wasn't looking like this. Exactly. See, there, there's right? something going on. He was banged on. up at the ankle last season. He's definitely in his own head, and I don't know. I mean, and it should also be mentioned, too, right, like that there there are some injuries on the offensive line. So the offensive line that we started the year with where we, you know, we praise them for giving protection, even against the UCLA game or in the UCLA game, rather, you know, the protection that Grant Cannell had to sit back there and make the throws. Now, that, that's maybe a two-part equation, right? He had the protection, part one. Part two being he sat back there and, you know, stepped up in the pocket made the throws. It seems like Khalil Tate at this point has a little bit of the jitters and he's going to take off at any moment and not necessarily for like positive yardage, right? He's, yeah, it's really weird and hard to explain here. Um, But I think as far as the point goes for Saturday, um, with as far as the blitzing and everything's concerned, David Shaw is a brilliant coach and he is going to look at what happened the last two weeks and basically follow that same blueprint to a T. Um, you know, Stanford is not the same Stanford that we've been accustomed to over the last few years, uh, but but they have a couple stud linebackers, and I guarantee you they are going to be spying Khalil Tate and just waiting. There's going to be blitzes, and there's going to be the perfect opportunity for the spy to eat him up when the first time he rolls out or even, you know, tries to, tries to take off down the field. So, I don't know what to make yeah. of it. I, well, I guess, no, you know, long, long winded answer here. Right. But I, I really don't know what to make of it, but it just still feels like no clear Tate. As far as we know is healthy. He needs to be out there. And, that, and that's where I struggle to, because I'm as team Tate as it gets. I believe in, I've saw him two years ago when I saw him last season, be a better passer and his completion percentages here. He's shown flashes of being better yet. He, like, I watched the ASU-Utah game Saturday before the Arizona game, and Jaden Daniels looked like a freshman. He was getting pressure the entire game. He was terrible. Mm-hmm. Kula Tate's looked like that, too. But the difference is Kula Tate's a senior, whereas Jaden Daniels is a true freshman. So some of the mistakes, I get you're not going to make every single read on the hot routes. You're not going to, but there are certain mistakes. They're running out of bounds. It's like, come on, man. Like, and I yeah. get that he's trying to make a play. He's trying to, Khalil Tate two years ago, it was one read, maybe two, and if that wasn't there, he'd take off and run. And he's trying to be more of a passer, and I get that. He's trying to make a play, but at some point, you feel like you have to realize that blitz is coming. That's my stop. That's my hot route right there. I'm going to dump the ball off. I'm not going to get hit. I'm going to let one of my playmakers do something with the ball. And 
And it was Michael Lev, good friend of the program. Michael Lev, he was tweeting out kind of his play-by-play recap when he goes back and watches the games. Yeah. And that's where he kind of convinced me. He's like, he's saying, well, on this play, there was pressure, but there was a guy wide open there coming across, or there was a dump off there. Just I want to blame the offensive line. And yes, the injuries at the guard positions have been hurtful, clearly, especially when they're playing more talented defenses. Yet there are certain things that the quarterback can do to make up for that. And two years ago, it was his ability to run. And this year, maybe it needs to be his ability to to dump the ball off to someone, anyone else, yet he's not doing that. So it certainly seems more mental than physical. And that's where I wonder, too. I thought when they pulled him against USC, that was it for Khalil Tate. And I tweeted something like that with a typo. But I, <laughs> I thought that once you make that decision, because the game was still winnable. Yeah. And you're at that point, you're saying Khalil Tate is not the best option Arizona has to win the game. So they pulled him. And I don't know. I think whether Gunnell did well or poorly or something in between, he did fine once he settled in. But of course, the defense, the game was already was well a- out of hand and everything. I get that. But to me, that was the time when it's like, well, that's it. It's like when you have a, in the NFL and you have a veteran quarterback and the rookie and the veteran's supposed to be the starter for as long as they can until they pass the torch. But then when you're one in five and the veteran's just getting blood, it's like, what's the point anymore? At that time, I thought, well, the future is Grant Cannell and where I'd like to see Khalil Tate as a senior get the due that I think he deserves. I'd like to see him play well and be remembered fondly as an Arizona Wildcat. At that time, I'm like, well, you just passed the torch because clearly it's not working. And, well, Gunnell's the future, or at least he has a chance to be more, more of a chance to be the future than Tate is. And so that's why it kind of surprises me that they're going back to Gunnell or going back to Tate, excuse me. But the idea of the short leash like that worries me because the psyche for Tate has to be just beat up. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's on the coaches to make sure he's ready to go. But he's a normally a supremely confident player's abilities, maybe too confident in his ability to outrun guys these days. But I just, like, how long is that leash? Is it? a quarter of no points? Is it a half of no points? Like, does it keep getting shorter and shorter by the week? And if that's the case, when you have a short leash, you're almost expecting the starter to fail. You know, you only give them that leash because you're like, well, sooner or later we're going to have to pull them. That's a terrible place to be right now. So I hope as the starter, he comes out there, plays lights out, or the offensive line gets more healthy and protects better, or Tate looks like the guy that he was, if not a couple weeks ago, Maybe something the last season, because he wasn't that bad last season either. So I, maybe, and this is what maybe we'll learn against Stanford, I guess my final thought on Tate is maybe what we'll learn is that just USC and Washington had such supreme talent at the right places with Arizona having a bad line, a banged up line, to just make it all just fall apart. But at the same time, they're going to play Oregon later this season. Oregon has a really good defense. They're going to play Utah later this season who has a really good defense. So I don't. If it's just a problem with good defenses, then they're in trouble. But I don't know. If it's a mental issue, which it certainly seems like it is, then I don't know how that gets fixed. Yeah, I'm scared to death of that Oregon game, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but yeah, that's <laughs> going to be, if, if we can't figure out this offensive line and Tate can't shake whatever he's doing, uh, that psyche, then it, it's going to be, that game's going to be really ugly. Um, but Adam, so we, we do have a special guest, um, and I'm going to, actually, you know what, let, let, let's do a couple reads here um, before we bring on our guest, um, and, and this is not going to be a Stanford-specific guest to help with the preview, uh, just, just as a listener note um we're, we're going to basically talk about state of the season uh with our guests and then adam and i of course will we'll jump into the prediction everything with stanford afterwards um but adam before we get to our guests let's go ahead and jump to a couple reads here uh the first one being 
uh, my bookie. Uh, it's hard to believe it's October already. The college football season is just heating up. My bookie gives more reason to getting on the action. Not only your point spread in total, but my bookie offers in-game wagering. So track the action and movement as the games take place. Game props, playoff odds, Heisman odds, and national championship odds available too. Uh, and that just scratches the surface. We have teamed with my bookie this October to give you this great offer. Sign up at mybookie.ag. Again, mybookie.ag and use promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, and they will match your first deposit. Again, that's promo code OVERTIME, and new users get their first deposits doubled. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Adam, moving on, of course, to our friends at Vivid Seats. Um, Anybody, hey, by the way, Adam, uh, homecoming game, Oregon State. Kick time was released. We got an afternoon game in Tucson. How about that? Any of our listeners? I don't know if they know how to do that. Like, they're going to not need the lights. Yeah. <laughs> Arizona Stadium. There's going to be sun. You need sunglasses. What? It's going to be a beautiful thing. And honestly, now that kickoff kind of makes me wonder if I should head down or not. I, I don't know. But I'll tell you what. So this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You don't know when the next day game is going to be. <laughs> I feel, it feels like never, right? Yeah, this might be it. Um, <laughs> you know, well, I'll tell you what, Adam. I have never used Vivid Seats, the mobile app. And for anybody else who's interested in maybe going down to Tucson, uh, Vivid Seats, uh, use Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for, for the events you want to go to. Uh, you can sort by price, look for seats in the section or row of your choice, all within the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Vivid Seats rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats reward loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. Uh, uh, from the biggest concerts to the games like Homecoming uh, at one thirty local time kick two Saturdays from now to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats reward loyalty program today. And of course, for first-time listeners, uh, when it is time to purchase, go ahead and enter promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, at checkout and receive up to a $100 discount. Adam, last one here. This is the last one. I apologize for everybody here. Bear <laughs> with me. One more here. Uh, no, as long as you're getting time to breathe. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing my best here. I know. And I'm trying to speed this up. I'm trying to speed it up here. We got one more. And of course, today's episode of Wildcat Radio is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ, the brand new streaming sports news network. It's live 24-7 and costs you nothing. That's right. In sports coverage, that's always on and always free. Always. CBS Sports HQ is coverage, uh, provides coverage always focused on the game, tons of highlights, breaking news as it happens, fantasy advice, and something we care deeply about gambling picks and analysis to the extra edge. Of course, you know, you can go ahead and uh, side note here, you can couple couple this gambling information on CBS Sports HQ with your new MyBookie account, right? Am I right, Adam? I mean, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great pairing there, I think. Seems so. like the smart thing to do. Yeah, I, I think so. Makes sense to me. I know when I turn on to CBS Sports HQ, I'll see the tips and trends and need to win my bets, right? I'm going to use that information, log on to my bookie account and get it going. And don't forget, you can access, uh, you have access to all of this great coverage. Again, completely free. There is no subscription, nothing no, to cost you nothing. And I don't mean free for like a week or a month or if you have a special cable package. It's totally free, completely free for everybody. You don't need to log in uh, or sign up. It's just, it's there for you. 
Uh, check it out. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, or really any other streaming device to watch CBS Sports HQ. All right. So now to help us look ahead to Stanford here, Adam, and uh, kind of just give us a quick rundown, maybe a state of the season uh, approach on where we stand right now with all of, you know, through seven games, of course, as we touched on four and three up to this point with the quarterback controversy, just seems like there's a lot going on uh, as we're getting ready for Stanford. Mr. CJ Holmes, the beat writer for Arizona from The Athletic joins us. CJ, how you doing, man? Doing well. How about yourself? Hey, hey, hanging in there. You know, honestly, and Adam and I have talked about this a little bit too. Um, at this point, you know, four and three through seven games feels, you know, it's, it's, it's not really great, but uh, given where we were last year, just with injuries and everything, you know, I'll, I'll take four and three right now. So I, I really can't complain. Yeah, you know, uh, heading into the season, you know, a lot of people here in Tucson didn't have very high expectations surrounding this team. And, you know, after Hawaii loss, it kind of confirmed what they all thought, right? People were ready to give up on this team. They were calling for someone's job. They were calling for Marcel Yates' job. And it just looks like this thing was going to fall off the rails before it even got started. But then the Wildcats got hot. They won four in a row. Um they beat some teams that kind of seemed like quality wins at the time. You know, when you think about uh, Texas Tech, UCLA, Colorado. Uh, but then this last this last two game stretch against Washington and USC, um, they really regressed. Uh, the team is struggling, uh, specifically in the trenches. Uh, quarterback play has been an issue, but I don't think it's the team's biggest issue. And uh, overall, it's kind of just uh, starting to get fans less excited about this team again. Uh, it'll be really important for Wildcats to find a way somehow to bounce back this week against Stanford. Yeah, definitely. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but part of the reason, I don't think anyone really expected the Arizona Wildcats to win their last two games against Washington and USC. You hope for a split, but even I think most people probably expected a couple of losses, but the way it happened, getting blown out against Washington, against USC, with the offense really struggling to keep up. Is that the thing most concerning for this team right now? Um, it has to be, and it's kind of strange because, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago I haven't checked to see where they stand now, but the Cats had the eighth-best offense in terms of yards per game in the country. You know, offense has never been this team's issue, uh, at least in recent years. It's always been on the defensive side of the ball. And as, you, as we saw in this four-game winning streak, it's been the defense that has come up big, and then the defense that's been the reason why this team's been winning. And now we've seen in these games against Washington, USC, all of a sudden the offense isn't carrying their part of the load. Um, and I think a big part of that has to do with play up front on the offensive line. Um, you know, they've really struggled against the Blitz. Um, use, uh, both uh, USC and Washington, they've sent the house against the Wildcats in these past two weeks, and the Cats just haven't had an answer for it. And if you're not blocking up front, then everything else falls apart, and you can't expect Khalil Tate to be effective under those circumstances. I 100% agree with you on that, and I, I, I quickly just threw it in uh, on a Google search here, and CJ, it looks like Arizona is currently ranked 13th in the FBS. 
uh, with averaging 491, 491.6 yards per game. So obviously they have slipped, but that's to be expected, right, over the last couple games just from what we've seen. Uh, CJ, you, 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 you released a, a good piece this week. I mean, obviously touching on the quarterback controversy here, um, and, and there is quite the controversy, but maybe not necessarily in the mind of Kevin Sumlin. Um, your your case that you laid out here is, is very pro Khalil Tate. Um, for those of us who have not read that article, um, tell us exactly you know why you're pro Khalil Tate here. Well, I'm pro Khalil Tate simply because I believe that he gives Arizona the best chance to win two games. I mean, this team is two wins away from being bowl eligible for the first time under Sumlin, and I just think that you know. This guy, he's one of the more dynamic quarterbacks Arizona has ever had. Mm-hmm. He's been battle-tested. He has been through the fire. And, you know, although he has been inconsistent at times, although he's in a slump in this last in this two-game losing streak for the team, this guy is still two weeks removed from one of the best passing performances of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, against Colorado, the protection up front was there. Against Washington and the USC, it just has not. And, you know, I can see the case for why fans want to see Grant Gannell out there on the field. I mean, the kid is big. The kid has a rocket arm. And he has poise that's very rare to see in a freshman quarterback, especially a true freshman quarterback. But you got to look at it. His best games came against an FCS NAU team in a UCLA passing defense, which isn't necessarily stout competition. Um, You know, Although he's played well in a kind, that kind of you know spot start reserve role, he still hasn't experienced a full. T- uh, uh, he still hasn't been a full time starter. He hasn't had to come out here and mentally prepare for for weeks of playing against Pac twelve teams. There's still going to be a learning curve with this kid. Mm-hmm. There's still going to be growing pains, and a vote to play him now, in my opinion, is a vote to give up on the season. All of Arizona's goals as a team are still within reach. You know, winning the South now is starting to look a little, starting to look a little <laughs> rough, but it's still possible. It's still possible, and um, and they're only two wins away from a bowl game. Um, if they come out here this week, they beat Stanford, they beat Oregon State. In my opinion, that's a win for this team this season. They made a bowl game. Um, that's more than they can say than what they did last year. Yeah. And I think that Khalil Tate is the most talented quarterback on Arizona's roster, and he's the most capable um, to help this team accomplish their goals. And I think it, on this show, Ryan and I, we agree with that, that Khalil Tate, when he's right, he's incredible. He's one of the best quarterbacks Arizona's ever had, yet just the last two games, he's looked not only just He's looked as bad as we've ever seen him, and I know the pressure's been bad against him with the offensive line struggling, but I look at him and say he's been blitzed before. He's dealt with a bad offensive line before. He's dealt with pressure before, and he hasn't been running out of bounds like this. He hasn't just looked so inept, I think, is almost a word. He can't move the offense, so I wonder how much of this is mental with Khalil Tate, and if that's the case, it's not physical, but it's mental, how does he get past that and turn into the quarterback that if not the guy who was against Colorado, at least the guy who was last season when he could move this offense up and down the field. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, who knows what's going on inside that kid's head. He just turned 21 today. Um, he's still maturing just like everyone else on that team. Um, I think it comes down to coaching. You know, what is what uh, during Summers' press conference on Monday, at that point he's had still 
not had a conversation with Khalil. At least that's what he told us. He hasn't had an in-depth conversation about why he was benched, um, why he was benched in that situation, and what he could do to improve. Um, you know, it's on the coaches to instill confidence in the quarterback, but it's on the quarterback to go out there and execute. I just don't think that it's fair to Khalil for him to be thrown under the bus like this after two bad performances when he's given so much to this program. Um, I just think it's a little ridiculous on the fans' part um, to want to bench him at this point in the season when, like I said, uh, every goal this team had heading into the season is still within reach. You know, now is not the time for a quarterback change. Now, now is not the time for growing pains. Right now, Bears and the Wildcats need to stay focused on the now. And whatever is going on in Tate's head, there needs to be a conversation between him and someone, him and um, offensive coordinator um, Noel Mazzoni, to try to figure this thing out and get it back on track. I 100% agree with that. And I think something too, you, you, you mentioned the fans there and, and, you know, obviously fans are irrational, right? So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's really the, what, the, what have you done for me lately? And, and, and to be clear for any of our listeners who, who may be offended by that, I am 100% a fan as well. And I fall in that irrational bucket as well. So I am not, you know, throwing anybody out there, but, um, but, but I, CJ, I, I agree with you 100% on that. I think, um, I, I think that's something that's also being overlooked as you outline in, in your article is, um, it, it is, is just the poor play at the offensive line, right? And, and, and you've touched on that. Adam and I touched on that in the first segment as well. So I think, you know, I, I just, that, I guess that's one ask that I have of the fans of the listeners, right, is is uh, just, just keep that in mind, right? Like, this isn't necessarily all on Quill Tate. Yes, there's something it seems like going on with his psyche, um, but this is not 100% him. Like, he hasn't really had the best protection. But um, I, I, th- I think enough of that, right? At this point, we, we've covered enough of the quarterback controversy. Uh, through through the first half of this show, but uh, but, but CJ, I guess mo- moving on, right? So here we are, four and three. As you said, all of our goals are still alive. Everything's still in play for the most part, right? Some more unrealistic than others, like the South. Uh, but but absolutely, a bowl game is one hundred percent a realistic in play goal here. Um, Khalil Tate has helped get us to this point. Um, the defense has helped get us to this point. JJ Taylor, when he's on when he's on the field, he is obviously just a tremendous boost to the offense. But uh, you know, aside from you know JJ Taylor or, or the Tony Fields, who's having a great bounce back year, the Colin Schoolers, uh, the, the 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 Jace Whitakers, who who's really stood out to you on this team that, that has made it possible for Arizona to get to four and three to this point? We talking offensively or defensively? I, either side, I, either way you want to go with it. Well, yeah, like you said, um, Tony Fields the second. I mean, the dude's been playing out of his mind lately. You know, he had that forced fumble against uh, USC, to, <laughs> doing everything he can to try to keep his team in it. Um, you know, although the secondary has struggled, I've been impressed with the play of Lorenzo Burns. Um, he's already on. He has three interceptions on the year, which is tied for the team lead, and he's already on pace to shatter his tackle totals from last year. Um, I think he's been Arizona's breakout player on that side of the football. And you know, like I said, although the secondary has struggled as a whole, his play and the play of senior cornerback Jace Whitaker has really stood out to me. And, and that's totally fair. There are some bright spots on this team. You don't get to four and three 
without having some guys playing well. And I guess that's kind of where I look at this team, too, where this season no one was expecting them to, I think, compete for the Pac-12 South. But the hope was at least they get to a bowl game and show improvement in year two under Kevin Sumlin. And even within the season after that Hawaii loss, it looked like they had turned a corner or winning with offense, winning with defense, getting good special teams play. Then, of course, the last two weeks happened. But do you get the impression that this team is still progressing, that the program is moving in the right direction in year two under Kevin Sumlin? I do. I do. I do think this team is still moving in the right direction. Of course, they're not where they want to be. And you got to understand that this team doesn't have the same talent as a lot of these other Pac-12 schools do. I mean, recruiting has always been one of the toughest parts of the Arizona job. And, you know, I don't see that changing anytime soon. But I do think that this team has improved in year two on undercovering someone. And although, um, you know, this two-game losing streak is, uh, you don't want to see that. I still think they're moving in the right direction. And the, what we've seen from Grant Gannell is a perfect example of that. He shows that uh, this team has a bright future ahead of them. Also, you know, with the freshman running back, Bam Smith, um, you know, after, at this point, it's, you know, it's hard to imagine J.J. Taylor leaving school after this year. You know, he might just stay in there for another year. Um, this, team, this team is getting better. Uh, Arizona fans just have to be patient. I'm I'm with that absolutely and and uh, yeah we're we're, we're always going to be playing little brother you know, right to the to the UCLA's the, the USC's you know at this point now with the Washington as as far as uh, Chris Peterson's been just crushing the recruiting trail um, C, CJ let, let's go ahead and actually now let, let, let's pivot a little bit here towards to Stanford uh, on uh, on Saturday uh, Arizona opened as a three point favorite on the road which I mean if you would have told me that uh, you know uh, even a couple weeks ago. <laughs> right. I mean, it would have been kind of, uh, you know, after the, after the Washington game, it would have been a little head scratching, whatever. Fine. Um, but I, I guess so now that, that line's moved just a little bit down, right? A little bit almost to a pick them. Um, how, how much how much how much do you know about this Stanford team? I mean, how, how much what should Arizona really be focusing on? Right. Because I got to imagine that David Shaw watched the last two games. He's a really smart guy. Uh, he knows right now the deficiencies on the offensive line. How much should we expect from Stanford that we've seen over the last couple weeks from USC and Washington? Look, I have no idea how Stanford beat Washington. I have no idea how that happened. Yeah. But, you know, (laughs) on paper, from what I've seen from the two teams this year, I do think that Arizona is a better team. Now, this didn't help Arizona last week against USC, but Stanford is another team they'll be playing that's just littered with injuries. Arizona needs to come into this game and focus on just getting back to its identity, establishing the run, tough play up front in the trenches, get the run game going, and take some pressure off of the shoulders of Khalil Tate so the guy can go out there and make plays. If Arizona just gets back to what it does best offensively, everything else will take care of itself, and I believe that they'll come out of this game this weekend with a win. So you've had a chance to talk to Kevin someone this week and some of the players too. Do you get the impression or the feeling that they have moved on from the last couple of losses and are ready to kind of refocus and get their season on track? Because I think we all look at this game and say, well, shoot, if they can go on the road and beat Stanford to get win number five, they should beat Oregon state for win number six. And now you're bowl eligible. Like this is a really big game that they have to have their mindset ready for. Do you feel like they are in the right frame of mind to get this win? I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, this is almost a must win game, right? Um, 
it's you know when, we, when we're able to talk with uh, coaches and players, it's a little hard because uh, these guys are extremely media trained, so it's kind of hard to get a true read on how they're feeling. Um, I do know that this two-game losing streak is bothering them. It's kind of evident in their tone and their body language. Um, they're tired of the media asking them, you know, what went wrong here and what went wrong there. Uh, they very much preferred when they were on the four-game winning streak. You could tell that they, you know, they walked into the <laughs> session, you know, a little, in a little more pep in their step. And winning is fun. <laughs> and uh, winning is fun. Yeah, and smiles on their face. Um, so you know, you you could definitely tell that the losing streak is bothering them. I just hope that they can. But you know, like you said, we don't know what's going on in the locker room. So I hope the internal conversations within the team is the you know, at least for their sake, is to move on from this and let's uh, go on to these next two games that are extremely winnable and just take care of business. Yeah, I'm I'm all for that. Uh, all right, CJ, so th- th- this is the point of the segment. We do this every week with our guests. Um, we're we're going to ask you, what is your prediction for Saturday when U of A travels up to Palo Alto? I'm going to go 24-17 Cats. Okay. A defensive slugfest. Yeah, <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take that it. Yeah, somehow, I, I, even with all his injuries, somehow Stanford's going to find a way to put points on the board. But uh, I think the Cats are going to get back on track this week and get a much-needed win and uh, come back home for homecoming in good spirits. Hey, here's hoping that happens. And we're excited for this game. Of course, it's a big game for Arizona football. But, of course, basketball season starting up, too. You've been writing some articles about the basketball team just your impressions as sean miller's club starts to get rolling too in this season wait if y'all listen very closely you hear that what's that the sound of nico manian draining threes in mikhail center this <laughs> I, I just got chills cj <laughs> i am uh i'm excited about this team uh they enter the season rank in 22nd in the ap poll i believe they're picked which is strange because they're picked four to win in the league in the Pac-12, which I think it might be a little low. I think around two to three would have been a little more accurate. You know, maybe maybe the rest of the pack is hating on Miller or something. But uh, I'm excited about this team. Um, they have a lot of interesting pieces. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Baker, uh, the Kentucky transfer, will be eligible. So I think that he'll just add an entirely different element to his team offensively, especially from a shooting standpoint. Also gives them another utility ball handler. Um, and you got to be excited about the freshmen, right? Nico Manning, Josh Green, Zeke Nagy, uh, Christian Coloco. I mean, um, these kids are polished. Uh, they come from winning pedigrees. And um, I think that I think that Manning and Green – will contribute sooner rather than later. I think that Najee will eventually uh, work his way into the starting lineup as the season progresses. And I think uh, all the, I think Coloco um, might end up getting redshirted, although uh, Miller told the media that he thinks he's a little further along uh, than the staff originally thought. But the kid is long. He's wiry. He's fluid. You know, a lot of kids that size are a little awkward, right? Not Chris. Mm-hmm. Christian's fluid. He runs the floor well. And he actually has uh, a uh, litany of post moves at his disposal. So you can tell he was coached well um, in high school. Uh, so this is going to be an exciting team. But like I said, with so many new pieces, it's going to be interesting to see how they put it together. And I guess the biggest question is, you know, 
is Chase Jeter going to take another step, you know, especially from a leadership standpoint, or will this be a team dependent on their freshman backcourt of Manny and Green to carry this team um, moving forward? Uh, it's going to be tough for them without Brandon Williams. Uh, he was going to be a guy that was going to come in and add mm-hmm. you know, 12 to 15 points per game. So Manny and Green are going to have to pick up the slack, but I think they're extremely capable. But I think even as a freshman, Nico Mannion's going to be out here on revenge tour this year. This kid is being overlooked. He was left off the koozie, the koozie watch list. And I think he's going to come out here this season and show America just how good he really is. One quick follow-up to that, and that's about Jamal Baker. So here we are two weeks uh, officially from, from the tip of the season when NAU travels down to Tucson uh, for the home opener. Any idea? I mean, I, I know the NCAA, it takes you know a month for them to do nothing, so I know like they're really not trying to move fast with anything, but has there been any talk or any anticipation of when a decision will be made on Baker? You know, I've been looking into it, but um, I haven't heard anything as of today. Um, you know, with the season right around the corner, I would assume we'd hear something, um, you know, within the next week or so. Uh, but like I said, if he is eligible, then um, this Cavs team really takes another jump. And that might be uh, the move that gets them over the top in the Pac-12. He looked really solid in the red and blue game, that's for sure. So that, that big, big fingers crossed. I know I can speak for all Wildcats Nation on that one. Uh, but, hey, CJ, th- thanks so much for joining us today. Um, real quick, uh, just for all of our listeners who do not follow you, uh, and go ahead and plug your, your Twitter handle. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at CJHolmes22. All right, perfect. Hey, CJ, thanks again so much. And, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to to reading some more of your stuff and and hopefully fingers crossed for the game on Saturday, right? We'll see. We'll see. It's a big one. But uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, CJ. All right, Adam. So, yeah, good good stuff there. Uh, Let's actually take a quick break to hear from a sponsor. All right, Adam. So great stuff from CJ Holmes. I mean, that, that, that was a, uh, you know, uh, especially too, for anybody that doesn't have an athletic uh, subscription, and I totally understand, uh, you, you know, the, the, the paid content thing, all of that. Um, it is worth it, right? Because they have a yep. lot of quality writers uh, on that staff, but then especially if you're a U of A fan and you're looking for some true in-depth, you know, insider stuff, um, this, he, CJ Holmes is definitely a good read, right? Yeah, and he's somewhat new to the beat, but you can tell he's starting to get the hang of everything going on in Tucson because, yeah, I think people like us, we've been following and covering U of A for years. He's new, but he's producing so much good content, and he mentioned something to us, too. There's something on the basketball team coming out in the near future that I think we're all really going to enjoy. But I will say, from listening to him, for not being a U of A fan like we all are, he helped talk me off, a bit, talk me off that ledge a little bit. You know, he's a little bit more bullish on this team being better than maybe we're all thinking they are right now. And I guess that's probably the difference between a fan and someone who's just a journalist covering the team. What he's seen, what he's heard from talking to them, he feels pretty good about the team still, and especially Khalil Tate. So I found that interesting, but also a little refreshing because, hey, who doesn't like a little bit of optimism right now? You know, I I think that that's, that's a good way to put it, Adam, because honestly... 
right? Uh, he's not a U of A fan, right? But I mean, I'm sure he's slowly growing an affinity for U of A. But oh, I'm sure uh, he wants him to win. It's a lot more fun covering a winning team. Oh, a- a- absolutely, <laughs> right? But but I guess my my point is that because he's not necessarily a fan, he can go to the school, right? Uh, he, there, there's no bias, right? Uh, the, right. The, the, the the waters aren't muddied because of that, right? I mean, this is a true objective opinion, and I think that that uh, I think that's important because I do think you know, like it or not, I I, I feel like there's this. The, uh, among the fan base, there, there's just a little bit of this Khalil Tate fatigue, and it's just this whole roller coaster we've been on going back to 2017, right? When he just lit college football on fire, um, and then you know what we finished the season one and five, something like that. You know, fast forward uh, to, to last year, and then you know obviously the 0 2 start, he gets hurt, and there's just that lingering issue throughout the year. Uh, it, you know we, we don't have to repeat all the steps, but then you know coming then this year, right? You know four and one, yes, he misses a game due to a hand string within the last two games it's just that constant up and down so i totally understand where the fans are getting mm-hmm. frustrated i guess right but um but but let's at least get, let's at least try our best to keep a clear head here right because um i i understand that the whole fatigue from just the up and down but uh, I, I agree with what CJ said. I mean, uh, the best chance for us to win is is Cleo Tate. Now, of course, you know, barring injury, right? If, if there's a health concern or there's something else going on, then that, that completely changes it. That's not the same question. The question is, what gives us the best chance right now, current state, to win? And that's Cleo Tate. And, I mean, he obviously, he felt that same way. He agrees with Kevin Sumlin. Uh, so, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with him on that. It certainly does feel, though, like if Tate struggles again Saturday in Palo Alto and maybe Arizona wins the game, but even especially if they don't win the game, but if Khalil Tate struggles, you have to think that might be it. Because if there's a get right game left on the schedule, yes, Oregon State could be a get right game. It should yeah. be a get right game. Mm-hmm. But he needs to get right for this game, too. Because after these two weeks, Arizona's not going to be favored again the rest of the season, most likely. So this is a bit, pretty much a must win game so that way you don't have to steal a game against Utah or against Oregon or even against ASU, who I think is still overrated. Mm-hmm. But It's just, this is kind of a tipping point game, it sounds like, because whether you, even if you're a Khalil Tate fan or you're behind Khalil Tate and believe he should be the starting quarterback. So I'm not, I'm not anti-Tate. I know earlier I was talking about, I'm, I'm frustrated. Like a lot of people are, I'm kind of wondering what the issue is, but even if you're a Khalil Tate fan, one more week of what we've seen the last couple of games would have to make you say, you know what? He's broken. And that would be a shame. I hope it doesn't come to that point. I hope he comes out there and lights it up against the Cardinal. I really do. Because you could say, ah, okay, he's fine. The offensive line's getting healthy, and they just happen to play two really athletic defenses. They'll be fine. He'll be all right. But we need to see it. Because the Kalute we've seen the last two weeks, or at least the last game, or last two halves of football he's played, has looked nothing like the Kalute that we saw the previous two seasons. He wasn't the runner. He wasn't the passer he was last year. He wasn't anything good. So I think we all want to see it. I, I know we all want to see it. Even people who aren't Kalotate fans want to see him play well. The question is, will he, can he anymore? And that's why it's such a big game. Yes, they need to win. But for Khalil Tate, if he's going to continue to be the quarterback, you feel like he has to play well in this game. I think, Adam, you, you, you raised a really good point there. And so I'm trying to think of, I guess, of how to word this or even what, what the correct scenario would be or if there's varying scenarios. But I, I, I guess the, the easiest way to put this, if at any point in this game, whether it be the second drive or the last drive because the game's on the line and he's just done enough to keep them in the game, uh, but the coaching staff just didn't didn't trust him, puts in Grant Cannell to get the job done, Arizona wins. If, he, if Khalil Tate has pulled at any point in this game, do you think there's any chance in hell that he starts against Oregon State at home? 
how could he? Like, unless he's pulled because Arizona's up four touchdowns in the fourth quarter right. with a couple minutes left. Like, if he's pulled for any reason that's performance-related, how can you go back to him? Yeah. Because that's that's three straight games now where that would have happened and because of ineffectiveness. And like, and Grant Gannell, for as much of a freshman as he is, and I, I agree with CJ that Grant Gannell, he hasn't been the most impressive guy. He's been fine. He's done enough. Against some, yeah. yeah, he's done enough to make you say, okay, he's got a chance to be pretty good in the future. Like, I think he's probably better. There are a lot of true freshmen these days who can play well. And in this offense with Noel Mazzoni, I could see a guy like Grant Gannell being someone who could come in and at least manage the game for them. And just move the ball a little bit, get the ball into the hands of your playmakers and let them do most of the work. But certainly if at some point you can't just keep pulling Tate and saying he's our guy, because if he's just not getting the job done, then you have to go with someone who is. And I know even someone said at NC USC, they're just looking for a spark. Well, you're supposed to get that from your starter. You're not supposed to need a spark at that position. You're supposed to have that solidified and have the guy there. So I looking at it that way. And I wish we'd have thought of this when CJ was on the line with us, but I just have to think that, yeah, if they were to pull Khalil Tate for performance-based reasons on Saturday, that would have to be the end of him as Arizona's starter, especially coming home with a lesser opponent. It'd be a perfect opportunity to get Gunnell those reps again. So, yeah. yeah, this is a huge game for so many reasons. It's it's layered, but for the program as a whole, it's a huge game. Yeah, yeah. I You know, and, and the more I think about that, and I was listening to your answer there, I, I, I don't think there's any other answer to, than, than what you said, right? I mean, how can you, I mean, Oregon State at home, I mean, any, anytime you play Oregon State, you know, as of late, um, it just feels like a surefire win, right? I mean, Oregon State. And they've just, been better, just, though. They're they, improving. They, they've been better. Jake Luton's a good, you know, he's a good quarterback. I get it. You know, there are some good pieces there. Um, and, and yes, they've won two games in the Pac-12, right? It's not like last year or the year before that. Um, but, I, you know, they're still a little bit of the bottom dwellers, right? And especially this game being at home, you, you got to think, I mean, this is. Oh, you is, have to win that game. Game. You have to win, and, and they will, and they will. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, they're going to win that game. Um, oh, you're doing a, pre- a super early prediction. <laughs> I, I, yeah, well, I, I still got time to change my mind because I guess after watching the Stanford <laughs> game, I mean, you never know. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I guess you know the point being that you, you, and, and you hit the nail on the head perfectly, right? Um, that Oregon State game is going to be a great opportunity for tune up, uh, for tune up before before they travel up to Eugene, come back home to take on Utah. And then, of course, I mean, the Territorial Cup's a toss-up game every year. I mean, so whatever. But but those two games, right, at Oregon then back home for Utah, I mean, those are arguably the two best defenses uh, in, in the conference. Uh, if, if you're going to go mm-hmm. with Gunnell, uh, he has to have a, 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 a tune-up game, right? Because UCLA is a pretty distant memory and, and, and the garbage time that he's played the last two weeks doesn't really make me feel like he's going to be equipped, ready to go for those games. Um, not, not that I'm necessarily expecting them to go at the to same Oregon time, make it, but yeah. At the same time, nothing we've seen from Tate the last couple of weeks makes you think he's equipped and prepared for those games either. And that's why just Arizona, I think we all want it to be Khalil Tate. Like anyone who says they don't want Khalil Tate to be the guy is either lying or just doesn't like the guy. Yeah. Because if he's right, and we've talked about this many times on this show, if Khalil Tate is right, he's so good and a game-changing type of quarterback, and I don't know if Gunnell is that yet. Mm-hmm. I don't imagine he is. So uh, uh, 100%, 90%, an 85% Khalil Tate is plenty good enough for Arizona to win some of the, to win these next two games and steal one of the last couple, too. He's that good when he is good. He just hasn't been. So... 
Hopefully it's the defenses. Like CJ mentioned that they played good defenses. The offensive line was bad. Hopefully that's it in that Stanford's defense isn't as good as what Arizona's faced the last couple of weeks. We've all seen that. And that the offensive line maybe gets a little bit healthier. Maybe Congo comes back. Maybe Cody Creason gets back in the lineup. I don't know. They haven't said about those guys, but as time as we're recording this, but that rate, because then it would give you that hope again, because where Arizona was two weeks ago, there was optimism. Maybe they weren't going to beat Washington, but they were ready to be competitive. And then even last week, ah, maybe they're not going to beat USC, but they'll be competitive. That they haven't been is wholly disappointing. So go out and win this next game and the tune changes again. It goes, okay, you're not the top level of the Pac-12, but you're a middle-tier team, and that's fine. For this program in year two of Kevin Sumlin, that's fine. But they just have to show that again. All right, Adam. It's time for our listeners' favorite segment of the week. It's prediction time. <laughs> And, you know, uh, yeah, the, the last two weeks, not, not so much. But, uh, but, but, but this week, right, uh, a struggling Stanford, three and four, uh, two and three in the conference, right? It, it's, it's been tough for them. They, they, they've had a tough go of it. Injury riddled, not sure. KJ Costello dealing with the hand injury. Um, it seems unlikely he's going to play, but he's also missed the last three weeks. So maybe that hand's all healed up. Not sure. Um, it probably is. It's probably better than ever. That's how it works for you. It is. I know. And I was even thinking like last week when, when, uh, when Stanford, when Jack West was plugged in the third string quarterback, I was thinking, of course, yeah, this is great timing. K- KJ Costello is going to have one more week off and he's going to come back <laughs> just guns a blazing. But, uh, but, but where it stands now, right. We don't know what's going to happen with their quarterback situation. Even Davis Mills, right. Uh, their second string quarterback, uh, dealing with, I, I think like a calf injury or something, whatever it is. He's also been bitten by the injury bug. Um, there's no telling if it's Jack West based off what we saw last week. You got to feel okay about it. Um, but let's just, uh, ha- however you want to draw it up, whichever quarterback you want to make your prediction with, uh, who will be under center for Stanford, go ahead, Adam, but go, go ahead and start things off here. Who, who, who do you got on Saturday? You know, this is such a tough one because obviously Stanford hasn't been good this season, but then you look at the teams they've lost to USC, UCF, you know, other than the UCLA loss, they lost to Oregon. Like those are three pretty good football teams that yeah. they lost to, and they didn't. They weren't competitive in those games, so I get that. And if not for their loss to UCLA, they would have been okay. They lost three tough games, but they beat Oregon State on the road. That's not an easy win necessarily, and they just beat a number fifteen Washington, right? Like to send Washington to be unranked. So if they hadn't lost to UCLA, it'd be like okay, this is probably a pretty good Stanford team, and yet they lost to UCLA at home. And I wish they hadn't. <laughs> It's kind of like I wish Washington hadn't lost to Stanford the week before they played Arizona. Like right. I don't like that, but right. especially if their quarterback issues are what they are. And they, if Costello doesn't play this week, which would just be immensely helpful, then I'm going to say that their defense isn't quite the level that Washington and USC is, and Arizona will be able to move the football with Khalil Tate, and that the Wildcats' defense will be good enough to handle Stanford, who's not a great offense in themselves. I like CJ's prediction pretty good. I'm going to say 28 to 20 Arizona. I think in that range, it doesn't seem like the game that's going to be a shootout, but one that Arizona can win by that kind of margin. So, yes, I'm back on the Wildcats bandwagon for this week. I think they go to Palo Alto, get the win that salvages their season to where it is at this point. You know, it, it's funny, and as soon as he said 24-17, I, I was kind of thinking, I, I really think it's going to be like that. It's going to be right around there. And it, it's even because, I mean, yes, this is not the same David Shaw defense that we've seen of recent years, uh, but it is still David Shaw, right, <laughs> at the helm. Um, and those guys are, are disciplined. Those guys, I mean, there is talent, right, especially in the front seven. 
for some reason, I, I was just kind of having flashbacks to last season when Arizona, now again, I mean, this is a little bit different, but uh, when Arizona was at home and they hosted Cal and Arizona, I believe, mm-hmm. won that one 24-17 and it was a pretty hard-fought thing. Justin Wilcox, obviously, strong defensive-minded guy. Um, Cal, you know, even to this day, I mean, Devin Monster is just horrendous, right? But um, So that kind of skews things, but as far as their defense, their defense still keeps them in the game. Um, it yes. kind of feels like it's going to have that same feel and i it it just feels like it's going to come down to a couple offensive plays and and if it's jack west uh if it's davis mills even i mean you kind of feel like arizona has the edge there uh hence the line right where where vegas opened it if it's kj costello i mean that that to me just turns into a complete toss-up and honestly it probably even leans towards uh towards stanford uh, but 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 I'm with you 100. percent I mean I, you know my 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 score prediction would be somewhere around there, right? Um, I mean you know I guess I don't want to copy you guys exactly. So may, 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 maybe maybe oh I'll that's fine. Like, <laughs> uh, how, how about how about I'll split it right and I'll call it 26 uh, 26 19 Ugh. right? Like that falls right in the right, right those there. are tough scores to get to. <laughs> the safety, a lot of field goals. I you know yeah. I, don't, I don't know maybe whatever. Missed extra point, which it is Arizona. These things are possible. It's possible, but I think uh, the bottom line, right? The, the moral the story is arizona is going to take care of business there i believe so um yeah i mean i I, tell me if you heard this before um they should right um but should and how weird is that i don't know to be to be talking about they should take care of business in a road game against stanford (laughs) like this isn't like next week they should take care of business but to say that this week seems odd to me because it's still a road game against a team that they haven't seen in a couple of seasons and i'm not trying to call you out for that it's just the idea that yeah arizona was favored how they, how does a team that's gotten blown out the last two weeks get favored on the road against somebody? I mean, like that's, that's mind boggling. And yet that's the reality. Yeah. I mean, it just speaks to the point of how injury riddled Stanford is. Right. I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> if you watched any of that game last week, uh, the, the UCLA Stanford game, I mean, Good Lord, man. Jack West, that point, you know, he's going, he was highly taught, touted coming out of high school. Um, I'm sure he's going to be good for, for David Shaw at some point in the future. The future is not now. He looked lost and it was, it was tough to watch, but, um, you know, if, if that's going to be the quarterback, then it makes a lot of sense, right? And, and it kind of is just going to get back to something that maybe Arizona's dealt with over the last few weeks. The defense will do just enough to, you know, keep it interesting, right? Uh, one possession game, hold Arizona, field goal turns into turns into 10 nothing, right? But then another three and out, uh, you know, another, okay, picked up a first down, but then three and out from there, right? And it's just the defense just gets worn down and it just becomes too much and to the point yeah. of like, what's the point you know like why why are we going to keep making these stops our offense can't do anything and it just completely deflates the ball but uh yeah i don't know we'll see adam real quick thought though on on asu you mentioned something really funny there uh, about them being overrated and i 100 percent agree with that and that is not because i despise that school um I, I i actually do like herm edwards and i really like what he's doing there just can't stand the school and can't stand the fan base uh i i think for them being 24th <laughs> And that being 24th to me, having gotten pounded on the road uh, against the best team that they've played to date, 
having seen Michigan State and Cal struggle the way that they have, uh, it, it, which is what got them to 17 to begin with, is just laughable to me. Um, quick story, real quick, and then we'll wrap this thing up because I know we're a little tight on time. Adam, you, you and I talked about perhaps meeting up for a couple beers at Cold Beer and Cheeseburgers. Um, d- due to scheduling conflicts, we ended up not being able to make it, right? Um, but uh, a, a buddy mm-hmm. and I ended up going up to Cold Beer and Cheeseburgers, and I... I guess I just didn't think I, I knew the Utah ASU game was on. I guess I just didn't really connect the dots that, that there would be ASU fans there because I mean, I, I guess I gave them credit, not thinking that they were fair weathered. I walked into cold beer and cheeseburgers and that place, the audio was blasting. There was maroon and gold everywhere. <laughs> and as soon and, and it was, it was 14, nothing. And then I, I can't remember if it was like a muffed punt or fumble or something happened that basically gave ASU those three points. I swear to God, Adam, every yeah. time, every time I turn tune in to ASU, they do something good. And I remember sitting there thinking like, my God, I'm sitting here and I just jinxed it. I'm sitting here like <laughs> judging all the Fairweather fans around me and ASU is going to come back on the road and win that game. But luckily they did not. Luckily they did not. And for some weird reason, they're still ranked. But whatever, that's beyond me. Uh, they, they dropped so far. And I, they're one of those teams where I think they're ranked because I mean, they're, they're five and two. And if you believe that Michigan State win is a good win, which it's not a bad win, they're fine, I guess. And to do it in Lansing, that, that's a decent yeah. win. But yeah. Cal is obviously not what they were, especially at their quarterback. Washington State, they barely beat at home. They had a great drive from Jaden Daniels to win that game. Like this is a team that they've survived by the skin of their teeth most of the time, and that is credit to them. They don't make, they haven't made the mistakes that kill them. But yet, feels like when they do run into teams that can move the ball offensively, and they were going to get housed by Utah in that game before some injuries there and Utah was coughing up the ball like crazy unforced errors. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they play UCLA this week. They should beat UCLA. Of course, UCLA might be finding their way this season and that game's at the Rose bowl. So like if ASU loses this week, they're definitely going to drop out of the top 25, but then they get to play USC and then they have Oregon also this season. So their schedule gets tougher, Yeah, but you know, they've got one more win than Arizona does at this time of the year. And Arizona, say Arizona beats Hawaii, they would have the same record and Arizona would have been ranked at some point. So it's, that's football, you know, ASU and they have the harm factor. The media loves him and they are exciting winning those games, meeting at Michigan state. But no, I, I look at their wins. I'm like, okay, that's fine. They've pretty much beaten teams. They're supposed to maybe stole a game. You know, if Cal doesn't have quarterback injury issues in that game, Cal probably beats the sun devils. So I don't know. That's football. It's easy to be mad at them because they're ASU and it's like, ah, they keep winning all these games. They get lucky. How come Arizona can't, but that's reality. They've won the games, but I don't know how many more they have in them. Like I think they were a seven win team, probably eight win team that gives them two to three more wins this season. UCLA and maybe Oregon state and Arizona would be three. But I think if Arizona gets right by the time the territory, cool Tate, especially gets right. Arizona could beat them. So they're not, they don't scare me. No. And nothing that happened in the Utah game would scare you. I mean, they, they were just bludgeoned in that game. They looked bad. Yeah, actually, nothing to date really scares me, right? Because we know that Washington State has a, a horrendous defense. But anyway, I, yeah, we're not going to – that's too much. I, <laughs> I, 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 I just – I wanted to point out that their fans are insufferable and they're so fair-weathered, and I almost blew it. <laughs> so I'm really glad that Utah hung on. It is the only time a year that you will hear me cheer for Utah because they are my second least favorite program in the conference. But – um, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, everyone. Well, enjoy the game on Saturday afternoon kickoff. Enjoy that. And uh, I guess, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you next week. Until then, thanks for listening. Bear down.